0: We are certain that Satanism exists. It's the practice of evil. And following closely behind this car Was this unidentified flying object. You
1: will prove the existence of the Bigfoot or Sasquatch by bringing in a body.
0: You're listening to Wide Atlantic Weird, a podcast about why people believe weird things. We also tend to cover weird things when they crop up in films, movies and other elements of pop culture. And given as I tend to be a fan of trying to rediscover uh, films which were perhaps overlooked or not truly appreciated uh, in their time, we are covering for this episode the much maligned third entry into the Alien series, Alien 3. Uh, I'm Kean. I'm recording from the Cabin in the Woods as always, and with me to comment on this film is uh, Xenophile, if that's the right word, Mr. Ian Stokes. Stokes, good to have you once again on the podcast.
1: Thank you very much, Keane. Delighted to be back again on such a great topic.
0: Yes, indeed. Um, So uh, this is Rumour Control and these are the facts. In 1992, soon-to-be-acclaimed director David Fincher was put at the helm of the famously troubled production for this uh, much-anticipated sequel to the hugely successful second Aliens film and came out pretty much disappointing everybody. But those of us who are maybe fans or potential partly fans of this film know that there's a tremendous amount of fascinating stories from behind the scenes and we might even have something charitable to say about what's on the screen as well. But before we do that, we have to get to the important stuff, which is our beverages of the week. So Stokes, what are you drinking this evening?
1: So to accompany this um, beauty, I've chosen Erdinger Dunkel, which I would describe as dark and mysterious as the antagonist of today's topic. <laughs> um, that's how i decided to go about this one, Keen. yourself.
0: I am, um, again, going with the dark and spooky theme. I'm enjoying a KPA, that's Kinsale Pale Ale from Black's Brewery. And uh, I was in Kinsale this week. It's If you don't know it, it's a lovely town in County Cork. And it's kind of known for fishing and seafood and stuff. And... It was just nice to see a few places opening up again and a little bit of life coming back. So uh, it, we, we, I, I, basically did a lot of really nice cliff walks, and uh, it was a scorching day. And as a good old pasty son of Aaron, I am red, <laughs> red raw with the uh, farmer's tan after that. So, very good. A little, very a little good. something to remember. Uh,
1: I liked when you were kinsale you know walking around some of us were indoors watching alien 3 special features you know,
0: <laughs> i actually saw the van for kate the kpa the Blackbury drive past <laughs> and the guy gave me a little you know the guy gave me a little smile a little twinkle in the eye as he was taking those kegs out of the back of the van and i thought oh, i could. re i no, you were
1: going to say you followed kinsale and that's how you ended up down
0: there no i was already there but i just thought i'd love a kpa now <laughs> Uh, Stokes do you have memories of Alien 3 from when you were younger because you're you're probably um, the biggest Alien fan I know
1: oh, I love Alien Um so um, Alien 3 right we're going to start on a bit of a downer note and it's like a sign of things to come already um, so I for my dad owned a movie house or a video store back in the day the early 90s and we got Alien 3 on sample and all this means is that the studio does not have confidence in it in terms of general distribution. Oh, uh, wow. renting.
0: Like for a big uh, franchise if, like this, that's kind of... So
1: like we got Robocop 3 on sample as well. Like, you know, that's, that's, what we're, that's the level we're at. Like, it must know, have been um, the,
0: the, the pink the pink sports car. <laughs>
1: yeah like we, we get these kind of things and like yeah that's like an omen straight away that is the studio saying because normally like again the example i always give we we didn't get mortal Kombat the movie and sample but we got street fighter the movie on sample what it's about movie, kind of what
0: about mortal Kombat annihilation
1: uh I, I, we were out of the business at that stage i <laughs> think <laughs> my my dad was obviously taking my advice too seriously about the samples and which ones he should be buying (laughs) but um, yeah we got it there and I watched as a kid Um, I do remember the ad as a kid and the ad is even on the cover it's like the alien right up next to Ripley's face and uh, that's I think a that
0: really striking image isn't it and actually that image yeah, gets it, used like when
1: actually it's like wow that's actually what's going to happen here right? considering um,
0: the film itself was stuff. not well remembered was not successful that image is used a lot when people talk about the alien films you know in general
1: <laughs> when I was researching like I, I checked the like the old because they released a trailer like way before the movie was ready and like they, they took that actual scene it was like one of the scenes they had shot and they had you know the movie guy action movie guy voice and in the a world yeah yeah that guy and it's basically the trailer is an egg on the screen it splits and it says alien three and it just cuts this like two or three second thing of the alien being right up against ripley's face and he just says the bitch is back
0: and, and this, this was three, before they they even had a script, it. right? They didn't even know what yeah, the plot was going to be.
1: They just had this idea, well, we, we can do this scene at least. Well, <laughs> that's just what they had, like. And it's well, we
0: like know there's like, going to be aliens in it, so we should be safe enough yeah. <laughs> just showing showing that. that.
1: But that's my memory. And as well as I think I watched it as a kid, it didn't make an impression. Like, I remember being scared of alien and aliens. Aliens. And keep in mind, this is 91. I'm four. But Alien wow. Three just watched right off me at this time. Yeah, there's my old blame my old brother I'll put it that way. It's kind of a you <laughs> six years older than me, so it's kind of a, 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 a hardcore regime of movies coming through there in terms of horrors. Like, um, but I can remember even like my parents kind of being like, "Oh, we don't want to watch anything ah, you can watch that. It's not that scary." That's weird So <laughs> had they seen
0: it already And decided this was okay
1: I think I, They probably didn't even watch it To be honest You know um, It wasn't their thing My brother had probably Watched it with my cousins And it was like Ah look just leave them in Watch it And I wasn't scared by it was It was okay So you'd already um, seen The
0: first two And they had made An impression on you
1: I hadn't seen the first two yet That was the worst thing And then I went <laughs> back And watched the first two And was terrified <laughs> By them <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's it. I didn't but, think like, you'd say that I thought you would have said that because you're such a no, huge no, fan of the but, first two
1: like, I just I remember like watching scenes of it I do remember like shots of the ending um of Alien the original ending of Alien 3 and just not being non nonplus by it like just wasn't my thing like Terminator was bigger for me stuff like that Robocop yeah. would have be been bigger but this just is non and it was only later probably when I got a bit older I remember not being allowed to watch Alien and not being allowed to watch Aliens until maybe a year or two later I was actually watching my cousin's house um we saw in Sky Movies back in the day and um
0: oh the multi the multi-channel
1: yeah the old multi-channel like you know and uh yeah but that's it so it didn't make that much of an impression and then what happened was um geez, there was there was a bit of a binge between myself and your brother Donald where we were just buying every DVD special that ExtroVision could throw at us at one stage <laughs> um and I ended up just picking up like all the Alien movies on special to this special edition DVD um so that's where I've actually gathered a lot of research from this week, to be honest, because just it has an excellent like special edition feature disc with loads of stuff in it, um, and I've actually come more to appreciate it then. Um, yeah. that's about it. You're, yourself, Kane, where did you? Where this was you also
0: this was also the first one I saw when I was quite young, and I, you know, I enjoyed it to the extent I didn't have investment in the series. But um, when when me and my brother were small, we used to go on holiday to this town in Wexford, where. They, ha- they had um, an arcade that had Alien 3 the gun, which was clearly made by people who hadn't seen the film or just didn't give a shit, because in the film, there's one alien and nobody has any weapons. That's like kind of the point of it. And in the game, you're shooting a light gun at the screen and there's millions of aliens and you blow them all up. And we loved it. So <laughs> I
1: think you're right, because I remember actually when you say that, there was a game in the Sega Mega Drive and it was aliens, and I just remember bald Ripley running around the place, saving with guns and weapons. That's and saving a different aliens. one. That's a two D
0: side scroll thing, isn't That's it? A 2D,
1: yeah, but again, it's like why? Why is she bald? Right? Because this is aliens two, and there's no weapons in Alien three. Right. And but same kind of thing. Like obviously, just made that. Like well, Christ, we can't do what the Alien movie did. Yeah, so they just we thought. Something. But,
0: they just thought like, well, there. You know, it's 1992. There's no way we can make a video game where you don't shoot things. <laughs> that can't be a thing. Anyway, years later, my brother bought a, a box set of all the DVDs, all this. It might be the same one you have. It it was called the Alien Quadrilogy, which I, in my head, in my own personal head can it, yeah, that's it. Yeah. There's no more films.
1: That's right. No, that's it. That's the
0: Quadrilogy. And, and yeah, we yeah. were in school or college and maybe just to be like a snarky teenager I decided that the first two films you know critically acclaimed and everything but they didn't mean much to me and I was like no I'll go to bat for Alien 3 and Alien Resurrections the ones nobody else likes and to this day I still have more of an interest in them Like, I, I <laughs> I, I
1: won't I'm with you to Alien Three. Alien, I, I'll have a discussion over a pint you about Alien Resurrection. Like no problem. <laughs> just, you know, I can't quite uh, go to bat as the way I would about Alien Three. For this one, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I uh, very much, and I watched it again this week, and uh, Alien Three, and my reaction was not the same. I think I must have been more of a kind of a gothic person as a teenager, you know, stereotypically, than I remember because. Coming back to it now This I see more now Of why people didn't like this When it came out Because it's a very It's a very cold Alienating film You know And when I was younger I was like No it's great Because it's gothic And it's spooky And it's cool And it takes place in this Kind of dark You know Creative Interesting environment But like we, We'll get on to the the reac- Public reaction at the end But Yeah it's a very cold film And I, I found it tougher yeah. To watch now than
1: I think we can discuss that as well um, Like Like one of my other memories, which is this is completely stupid, is that like one of my best friends growing up was just like his Instagram daily and he just said <laughs> Aliens for is shit. And I goes, why is it shit? Because it doesn't even have guns. <laughs> like, <and that's> like <laughs> when you were a kid. Of it. Like, yeah, exactly. It was like, but in fairness, like, you know, we we'll get on to it in a second, but like, yeah, after Aliens, like, it's a very risky move. It'll pay off or it won't. And like, that's kind of it. I fully understand where that hatred came from. But after watching it this week, I've actually, maybe my estimation has gone up slightly. So yeah. if it went down, I went up. But for completely different reasons. It's this, like,
0: this is a very non-commercial film to be the third part of a big budget franchise. Yeah, like, exactly yeah, who exactly. would imagine after making Aliens that anyone would, have, in their right mind who's a TV executive would have said, all oh, right, you know what we need? Back to one alien, no guns, one location, a load of bald British guys who all look the same. You know, none of these are commercial decisions. It's such a weird thing that the film got made the way it did and, and we'll have to talk about how that happened.
1: <laughs> so should we kick off so maybe the like the yeah. pre-production? So yeah, yeah. We might even give people... A- people a heads up the way we've decided to tackle this because there's so much is we'll almost talk about it like the making of right there's a pre-production and we'll talk about what goes there the production which is when they're shooting and everything goes on post-production which you think will be over it's not and then just a general release i think it's the best way to tackle it um so pre-production um one of the things i was very surprised out is that rennie harlan was actually in the running for it and at this point, all he had done was Nightmare on Elm Street 4. And that had been fairly successful. Um, I remember Nightmare Is that the on... Dream Warriors? I'm not sure. Is it the Ooh. Dream Warriors? I do know it starts off with a dog pissing on Freddy's bones. But the <laughs> dog just pisses flame. And then Freddy just magically comes back from that. Like...
0: That makes total
1: sense. Yeah, so points for me on that one um, but I, I know like he, he kind of apparently made enough success because I know with the Freddy franchise like obviously Nightmare on the Street was brilliant second one was hated third one was kind of I think the third one was Dreamwires although I'm sure Donald will be shouting at us we're going
0: awesome. to get email <laughs> <'Cause> yeah <laughs> um,
1: from a certain yeah
0: that a was a the one with the, the the song by Dokken <laughs> yeah
1: but I know the fourth one anyway it, it was reasonably successful and enough that like he kind of went on like he was looking at this, they kind of said, look, do you want to do Alien 3? Um, he spent a year trying to come up with a script. Now, there's a script already written, right? And the script was, it's really funny, it's like this kind of half-communist group called the Union of Progressive People intercept um, intercept like Ripley's ship.
0: What? after the second i've movie. never heard this story
1: <laughs> oh no like oh like this is fantastic this was i was amazed by this so
0: what year are we just, talking like is the, is the
1: 1988 at this point oh, so, so like the cold war is still yeah yeah and so like what happens is there's a script written by uh two guys geeler and hill um trying to walter hill and uh david david clear sorry yeah, he's actually, sorry, David Gillier, he's actually synonymous with all the uh, Alien movies. He's still a producer to this day on Alien vs. Predator. Um, so he's been around there. He also had problems back in the day with Alien when, with Dan O'Bannon, that they had a big argument of who created the Alien, who did this. But he was one Dan of the
0: O'Bannon writers on the original, wasn't
1: he? Yeah, it was Dan O'Bannon kind of created it. And David Gillier, or G-I-L-E-R, or probably pronouncing it wrong, but giller i would say he kind of like argued dannovan had to sue them basically to get the right and money back from the movie because david giller kind of said no we wrote everything and i don't like him I, i've seen a few things with him he's a bit of a producer schmuckmeister from hollywood to be honest i'd say he'd sell you for tenor if you had a chance but if he if script- he was
0: in a film would he be played by rodney dangerfield Hey, Harlan, oh, honey, no, talk to no,
1: me. No, no, no. He'd be a lot more... He'd be on the crueler side of that. Roger right? feels too nice, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. But basically, they kind of come up with this idea. Like, so... How would you go over Okay, so the idea is that this group of people who are called the United Progressive People. Yeah, Union of Progressive People. They intercept the ship at, at the end of Aliens and um, they basically take, uh, you know, Higgs is still alive and Ripley, I think, is still alive and so is Newt but they basically, they get attacked by a chest burster that was inside Bishop's chest. Uh, chest Even though he's a, he's a synthetic? It's just hidden, yeah, it's just hidden inside him. Okay, so it's not like it's not able to biologically... Then
0: you know connect with him but it just hides there
1: yeah it just hides her. um and so this was kind of and then they end up bringing them back to um they end up bringing them back to uh, like this kind of star station and at this point like um hicks is actually a very big main character in it souls ripley they kind of find out that well actually you know the company have other samples and they're trying to breed an alien army and it was going to be a very action-oriented movie again and it was going to set up an alien invasion of earth was going to be the idea, right? But it was gonna be there's gonna be four movies, this is gonna be the third. This was the rough idea of it. Uh then Rennie Harlan gets the script and he just describes it in one sentence as Space commies hijack alien eggs, big problem on mall World. And um So are, is it like
0: a is is it commenting on consumerism? Is is the space station Kinder, like a shopping centre yeah. kind of a
1: Yeah, yeah. He just doesn't like it. He he just says, look, it's too actiony. He says he doesn't want this script. Uh, He spends a year trying to come up with a new idea. And he, he makes a really good point that he says, look, if it had just been an action movie, we could have went the horror direction. If it had just been a horror movie, go the action direction. And he said, but it's kind of been at the peak of both of those and what he's supposed to do. Yeah. He, like, he wanted... He, the only idea he had is he wanted to do, like, an alien invasion of Earth and they either have to take back Earth or they have to do something or else the other thing he wanted to do is he wanted to go to the alien home planet and figure out what goes there. And the studio just wouldn't do it. And he makes the point that when you get to this stage that you've had two big movies with a lot of money, a lot of success, the studios typically just get conservative
0: maybe he also knew that maybe he also knew that like the cold war and space theme was about to be you know dealt so masterfully in in Star Trek 6 the uh, undiscovered <laughs> country <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know, like, the other point I was going to make about him is that, like, you know, I I thought, oh, jeez, that's really intelligent for him at the time, like, in in fairness, he'd go on to make, like, Die Hard 2, which is actually respectable, like, like Die Hard 2, and then I was like, oh, jeez, what else has he done? Oh, okay, he's done, oh, Cliffhanger, oh, okay, uh, (laughs) fine, um, Deep Blue Sea, oh, okay. I
0: I love Deep Blue
1: Sea. And then just, oh, Driven. Oh, he's done a Formula One movie with uh, Sylvester Stallone. Oh, I've Boy, seen that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. that's like, he's a hard guy to judge, but either way, he doesn't do it. Um, it wouldn't have been a shame, I think, if you've driven on your CV, you might as well have had Alien 3, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just my opinion. But, but, so he leaves for creative differences, right? And then... This is where I think, you like you get like I thought this was like you're you into the gothic side, and I think when Vincent Ward comes into it, like it goes a bit bananas, doesn't it? Is this
0: the and, famous like, uh, given, wooden like, wooden planet yeah, script? Yeah,
1: they haven't even started the movie; they're just looking for a script right at this point. And Vincent Ward comes into it, and it's how would you describe it? Like I'm still amazed by it when I see it, the, the the wooden
0: the wooden space planet.
1: planet. Yeah, the wooden planet. Have you um, seen
0: the pre-production art that was made for this? Yeah, it's, it's amazing I, I had an article in Empire Magazine back when like magazines were the only way you got information like this yep. and I cut those pages out stuck them in a scrapbook because I, really my, my mind was blown I would love to have seen this film whatever the script was like visually it would have been amazing
1: yeah like for anybody listening, like you're, you're, people are saying, like, what do you mean a wooden planet? So the idea, his rough trace idea, I think that I read was that um, these people were almost Luddites; they were almost monistic monks, basically, right, king And
0: is, is it like a like a sleeper planet that's just gone gone on I heard,
1: no, I, I, One of the things he says in the the thing, the, the extended DVD I was watching, he says that no, they kind of lose all faith in humanity and Earth, and they just make a conscious decision to leave. Interesting. Now, in doing that, now, they have to be a lot of Icelanders saying, well, how are they in space? They take this kind of core system, um, satellite is what they describe it, and they bring that out into space, and then they just basically build their wooden structure up around it. So, because obviously you couldn't just build a wooden space planet, but, like, and this is a, such a crazy idea. It does not make sense. Um, but this was, like, if you just see the visuals of it, and the way the movie would open would be these monks just walking along in these huge cathedrals and, like, big gothic kind of architecture and, like, the camera would pan back and you would see that, Jesus this planet has, like, different layers, and each layer is, like, 100 stories high with different things going on in yeah. them. And, and they have
0: fields, they're working, they're, you know, they're tending yeah, crops it, it, in this kind have, of false yeah, outdoor environment.
1: You, you don't understand it's a planet until at one point the main character, who, let's call him Charles Dance, because that's who will play this character eventually, <laughs> right? But the Charles Dance character, like, you know... It, He kind of keeps going up different levels and you're you're kind of looking, oh, this is just one big building or one wooden structure. And eventually he gets to the top where he opens a latch and there's only seven or eight feet before you hit the atmosphere. And he's able to like look above the atmosphere and look out to the stars. And he sees like the EV, which is the escape vehicle, that Ripley and the lads were, are in he sees that coming from the he sees that coming into the planet and they prophesy oh it's a, it's a star from the east which is supposed to be a good omen because these guys are monks and they're all religious and fanatical that way when it's not it's actually just the EV ship coming down with Ripley and it's going to have an alien in it and um, like I think like Vincent Ward's thing, the whole thing is that he wanted Ripley to be, like, extremely scientific, whereas the guys are basically based on legend and folklore and religious belief. And whereas they think it's the devil, Ripley's trying to convince them, no, it's not.
0: It's the alien. Some of these themes clearly made their way into the final film, but they're not fleshed out as much as they might have been. Like, they they toy with these ideas of, of resurrection and... And rebirth in, yeah. in a religious sense but yeah. it doesn't re- it's interesting but it doesn't really go anywhere
1: yeah what, what i really liked about this one was that um there was this stuff he keeps like um if you watch a man vincent ward he keeps like referencing like is it I, i'm probably going to mispronounce this but is it Bosch um artwork like ha- harmonious artwork. Bosch. yeah kind of, yeah yeah he keeps like referencing that and he starts talking about how they think that obviously the alien is a, a demon and uh they're sinning because she's a woman and they've taken their monks they've taken their vows and uh, they want to get rid of her that way um but she's obviously has an alien in her chest whereas they think she's possessed this kind of stuff and it kind of plays on this idea continuously of scientific versus religious and it is in fairness to it it, it's completely off the wall compared to saying that we'll do another gun movie or something like it's it's fantastic in that sense um uh, I, I, and he goes to Hollywood, and I think he sells it to the reducers uh, He gets it one go. Um, like he just has a meeting. They say this is amazing. This sounds brilliant. Um, yeah, let's kind of go with that. Um, there's a couple of like brilliant image scenes. Keen. did you did you see the fire scene where they set yeah. the cornfield on fire? Yeah. Um, one of my favorite shots that he was able to describe, which I think you described to me later, I think is in Jurassic Park, the sequel in Jurassic Park. um he talks so in the movie um in pre-production he talks how he wanted the scene that they're growing cornfields and stuff and he wanted this scene where the monks are out with you know sides and pitchforks and they're looking for the alien in this high cornfield and the camera is going to pan up to a high angle and you would see them kind of thrashing and then you would just see this line coming towards them without actually seeing the alien and this oh, would be yeah. it I think Jurassic Park does that with the raptors. That's the one of the more of the memorable
0: States. scenes in in The Lost World, yeah, with the raptors coming through the long yeah, grass.
1: Yeah. Like he talks with this back in nineteen ninety, he had this image and as a cool image soundboard or uh, uh, an image board he's done up of it, and I was like, oh, that's it. Just reminded me of that, by the way. And I was like, that would have been cool. And like they have this idea of well, you know, the aliens obviously slaughtering them in the fields, so they set their fields on fire. But that's great. You're living on a wooden planet. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and like there's this great part where, in the thing where they're just like talking to him and like he kind of gives you this image and i was like, oh that'd be so class and then it just cuts to one of the special effects guys he's like look i know it's science fiction but we have to base it somewhat in reality and why would you set fire to a field on a wooden planet in fairness <laughs> like, and i was like oh, okay fair enough like there's a bit of desperation involved but um <laughs> They'd like I, I do know like a lot of production team Had problems with it Trying to accept How does this wooden planet exist there um,
0: Do you know if they got they, us so far As building any sets For this version of it
1: um, I don't think so But they took stuff in Like um, for the wooden planet The way light would be rebounded Is that the monks would manufacture glass And they would have a foundry at the centre And that's recycled into I think the lead oh,
0: yeah The iron or the lead works Yeah
1: yeah yeah but that's the direct and that that was there from day one that's how it would actually be there other things i think people didn't like about it was that um at one point like the alien would taunt ripley with bishop's body it would bring bishop's body up to her and wouldn't attack her but it would like rip off bishop's head and start desecrating his body in front of her and people didn't like that because they said look the thing with the aliens that it's just a species right it's not sending it's not yeah. really like out to get you you know there's that famous line like you know ripley says to bishop i don't know or not bishop but um burke i don't know which species worse so you don't see them fucking each other over for a paycheck <laughs> you know and that, that's true i think that's what i like with aliens they're just a species they don't care they're not right? going to
0: go they, like na 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 nah, you know <laughs> they're a giant anti
1: basically and they'll take over what they want to do and that's fine um so there is a, there is flaws in that but i did think the idea of the world was fantastic and for any like when I first remember reading about Alien 3, I was like, that could have been so different. There was
0: a, um, a Scottish theatre group last year who mounted some kind of small scale production of, of that script, you know, class. in in, in, the, in a small theatre format, which would yeah. have been interesting.
1: Yeah. Another idea they tie into um is that they, they come up with some idea to get rid of the alien, but the idea was going to be a playoff of um it was going to be an exorcism would be the monk's view of it, but in reality it would have been in kind of words, it would have been an abortion typically, so you can see Vince Ward, he has these kind of deep concept ideas, and he was really going for something way different, do you know what I mean, it works at different levels, and it's a pity it didn't go Um, I know when he went to England he says that, like, he was sent over an assistant, and in his words this assistant was a tall blonde bombshell that was just Given to him, and he said in his own stupidity he, he thought nothing, and she was very nice and was always very complimentary to him, and then he found out that every night she was just ringing back to the producers and Fox, telling him every single step he did and what he was doing. Oh jeez! And this kind of was was said to him, and um, he got really pissed off and he fired her, and from there on in he said the relationship soured with Fox. They didn't have any inside mole anymore, and uh, at that point they decided right, let's move on so get somebody else
0: so like by Um, the time they started production did they have what do they have a script or no no script or
1: they're out there they're building like i think they have his script right but it's it's never clear what was completed when because even with his script he kind of came in like this is the other thing even when the producer says um his actual quote is alien wasn't a film alien 3 wasn't a film it was a delivery date (laughs) they were told May 22nd 92 that's when it's coming out come head or high water right you guys gotta work to it that's grand they actually don't start production until is it January 14th 91 um for a big movie like this you know what I mean and before they do anything they've spent 7 million before even setting foot on um To start shooting they've spent which was big money back then, it's probably nothing now, but yeah. Big money back then, like um yeah, and then so they just decide, right, let's get David Fincher and in the meantime the special effects crew who were starting to make stuff and designing the alien and all this stuff, um were put on hold. They were already out in England apparently.
0: Let's just briefly (laughs) say, in case anyone has heard of David Fincher but can't quite place him, he Mm -hmm. this is his first movie right he's done music videos before this but afterwards he he goes on to be a very respected kind of an tour director
1: he's got like a very he became like he worked for industrial light and magic so he's got a very special effects
0: oh background. i didn't know that
1: yeah i didn't yeah yeah he does yeah uh what i also found funny is at this time is um i keep drawing parallels to um what's like why isn't jim cameron doing this was one question i keep yeah. asking myself he's making terminator 2 at this point Right, <laughs> yeah, and he just happens to be using industrial light and magic for their special effects. Um, now we'll comment on Alien's special effects in a minute, but like, I just think the fact that David Fincher comes from ILM, he was very well known for music videos and commercials, and was very seen as up and coming. Um, in fairness to him, all the actors who work with him and anything I've seen, they all say he was really good on set, and um, you'd never think he was the first time director really stood his ground against producers and Fox just hated him
0: for it just basically. in case anyone doesn't know you would probably say he's today best known for Fight Club Seven uh, he he, yeah. he and Mindhunter that was David Fincher wasn't it
1: I think so um, he
0: created that show yeah. and directed at least some of the episodes
1: He's a very, I would say he's a very kind of a dark kind of, and a lot of movies have this kind of dark underlying uh, underbelly to it. He's like, into you know, serial and, um, killers and stuff, isn't he? That's one of his Yeah, themes. but I think it kind of fits into almost what he's done with Alien, that Alien 3 is such a different tone to everything.
0: Well, given that Alien um, and Aliens are both very different in tone and they, they take the same material in different directions that suit those directors' styles and it's very successful, I think Fincher could have taken this in a direction that was uniquely mm-hmm. his and, and it could have worked.
1: But the other side of it that I've kind of come to realise that, um, like, he comes out for everybody. Like, oh, in the meantime, they they stall production for six months, right? Um, and then it's like we need to get a new director. They get him in. Um, I think is one problem here as well, Keen, that like <laughs> Sigourney Weaver's become co-producer and she's a lot of control over it. I'm not so sure that's a good thing. Like, there's certain things she wants, certain things she doesn't want, and from the get go, she kind of says. okay spoilers for everyone but from the get go she decides the ending you know what I mean she just says no this is how it's going to be and um, she's kind of she was always anti-gun and they say that kind of fed into it as well and that's okay Okay, it's fine but um, she had a lot of sway in it and some people are saying like you know just because you're the star doesn't mean you should have that much sway in it Um, it doesn't automatically mean a good thing Um,
0: I do like the ending to me that's not one of the problems but, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, she decided. But I mean, then what happens with Alien Four? Just I think completely shits on the end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's kind like of oh, you know, yeah. like won't argue with you there. Oh, you know. Yeah,
0: won't argue with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like I, I, I'd respect if it was there, and I wouldn't. I like the ending as well because the ending, especially in the extended cut, really kind of puts the period stop at the end of the sentence. But like it's it's
0: is, very I moving. Just, it's very well done. It, yeah, it rounds I mean, things I mean, off yeah. nicely.
1: I could do that. Um, so yeah. Um, that that's that's pre-production. I think in my view, I don't think there's anything else we've missed there. Um, uh, maybe cast. Um, I suppose the one decision is that it's going to be an English cast primarily, um, and I think it's a good cast. In fairness, looking yeah. at the people that are in there, like I mean, there's some strong hitters. Charles Dance who's just brilliant. Is he? Primarily. Is he the
0: bad guy? Is he? Is he the the hotshot guy from? Um, Oh, Last Action minutes. Hero. Last Action Hero, is that him? Yep, yeah, that's him. Benedict. People, he's also the
1: king of the... Well, he's the Lannisters... He's the, the father of the Lannisters in Game of Thrones. So he went on, he played that excellently as well. He's they also have new. people like
0: like Pete Postlewaite, who's a really good actor, and they do absolutely nothing with him.
1: Yeah, they have Paul McGann, who went on to become... Um, he plays Golic, G-O-L-I-C. Yes. It's, not like, it's, it's almost like you're mispronouncing garlic, but Golic. Is he the kind of crazy like, guy who yeah and like they expand his one he's an interesting character they expand his storyline in the extended edition way more and they had some really cool ideas for that but again just nothing came out of it um, the way it was explained to him he, he has this thing of like they said alright oh, what's going to happen is you're going to you know okay, like they're going to capture the alien at one point but you're going to have some almost psychic connection with the alien and you're going to release it and then you and the alien are going to hunt down Ripley and instead, is just like...
0: <laughs> Nothing the like that happens. Edition,
1: they don't do anything. That doesn't happen. In the extended edition, he does release it. And then he just walks into where the alien is. And you just never see him again. You don't even hear a scream. There's a lot of interesting and, like, characters
0: who just get killed off suddenly. Including Charles Dance, yeah. who is one of the only... He's the only sympathetic character besides Bishop so, who's in I'm it like, for...
1: Charles Dance, who, because I like the way he plays it, you don't know—is he a company man? Is he an android? Yeah. What is he? Like yeah. you're just, and it's just a tribute to the he can play the character. Yeah. So until he kind of gives his background story, you're like, okay, I, I'm comfortable with this now. You know what I mean? But he's he's great the way he kind of. I like that him, character. but he gets uh, killed
0: really soon, and it's it's already such a bleak yeah. film, and the almost the only bit of friendliness or warmth that Ripley has comes from him, and and yeah, you're right, it's quite late in before we really trust him and and even when rewatching it and you know he's he's a good guy he's so guarded and he gives her so little and it's just it's such a cold film and i i think i didn't care about that when i was a teenager i was like oh that's cool that's gothic but now i find it harder to like and i think i understand more why why people didn't like it at the time but yeah oh and um, let's talk about the guy so so all of this is happening on a prison planet let's talk about the the actor who plays um the, the, the warden yeah, so I suppose,
1: <laughs> uh, just to be clear to anybody who's like this, they abandoned everything to do with the wooden planet <laughs> they just decided <laughs> let's just put it on a prison planet and this prison planet is a foundry for lead it's complete now I actually love the prison planet setting it's yeah, absolutely it's, filthy it's
0: gorgeous it's, so it's it's wonderfully uh, made Yeah,
1: it's, it's brilliant but it's just disgusting Um, the guy who did the map paintings actually put in loads of tributes to Tyrell Corporation um, oh really Yeah, yeah, I'll try and point those out. I I have a bunch of show notes I can share in this one, but, like, lots of little things like that. Do
0: you remember in the extended edition, there's more shots of, like, the exterior of the surface of the planet with those giant industrial cranes? Do you remember where that was shot? Somewhere in the north of England? Um,
1: I don't actually have the notes somewhere i did read it it's outside a power plant i think somewhere it's in England. just it was just um, funny to me
0: that like where do we shoot like this place that's supposed to be like the hellhole arse of the universe there is a brilliant scene <laughs> in
1: the um and this is like so they get to this point they decide to shoot here david fincher's brought in there's no script right there's nothing like they're writing the script on the day every day like it's it's i think like a, it should be a case study in for like you know if you go to study film it should be a case study of development hell and like what not to do
0: after and you've had your lessons thing. from Godfrey Ho obviously <laughs> yeah but I mean but like it's Professor like this Godfrey went on Ho.
1: like you're now into 1991 they're starting to shoot right in January they have to have it out by May um their budget is at five to six months in England and then they'll spend the less the next six months then in post-production was the idea um so they go out there, that story now that you had, like, so they go to England, they, they're shooting at Pinewood Studios, which is the big Bond studio, right, it was the biggest stage in England. Um, they build this really class um, foundry, so it's a lead smelting facility, it's a foundry, but, like, they built this inside the um, the studio, there's a magnificent time lapse on YouTube of how they build it in pictures, step by step over like a couple of weeks and it's brilliant looking like it's really you kind of lose yourself in it when you're walking through it like no wonder it actually because it looks good kane in terms of shots Like it's
0: it's a beautiful looking film
1: yeah and i said like the more i watched it the more i kind of said geez the heroes of this movie are actually the special effects and production crew like yeah they put so much and like they have nothing to go on for so long and
0: and you make the you make the comparison to Uh, Terminator 2 you know being made at the same time that is a very flashy modern looking film it's special effects are the the special effects in Alien 3 are less noticeable because it's just so kind of dingy and grotty and it's not it's not flashy
1: lighting is so important to them in fact they bring in um, they actually had the cinematographer from I think it was from Blade Runner as well but two weeks in, he developed uh, symptoms of Parkinson's disease. Right. And the uh, line producer, he's an executive producer, his name is uh, Ezra Swerdlow. His father, um, he says his father had, like, what's kind of said is that David Fincher basically does not give a shit about producers on the set. And hmm. um They're, they're trying to bully him and he's just not taking it. And everybody kind of says, no, he's, he's very good. He's a great director and fear juice for your first movie. It's tough enough. First movie without a full script, first movie inheriting from development hell. You know what I mean? (laughs) And they say, no, he's absolutely brilliant. He really knows what he does. Sigourney Weaver is like, even to the day she's like, no, David was ahead of his time. And even on set at the time, she's like, he's brilliant. All Charles Dance, they all think, no, he's fantastic. Um, some guy does this American producer like he, he could direct Shakespeare with this crew, It'd be great. <laughs>
0: then, like, now, now that, that guy oh, is played I, I by I Rodney Dangerfield. That, like,
1: <laughs> Othello in the in, in the sense of Alien Three, you know, kind of like kind of, <laughs> It's just so funny, like, but um, he is very like he's a commanding president and he knows what he wants and he's very clear in describing it. He doesn't seem to be losing his temper, freaking out at actors, nothing like that. But he has this one problem with a producer called Ezra Swerlow who's been sent out by Fox, basically, to keep Price in line. Keep the budget and, uh, down, yeah. Ezra kind of recognizes that the cinematographer who did who did Blade Runner is developing symptoms of Parkinson's. He says today, oh, my dad suffered it for 20 years and I wasn't willing to put him through the kind of grueling scale of um, of shooting a movie, right? And um, fair enough, because it is fairly brutal. Like They talk about 18-hour days shitty conditions and sets and heat and steam and smoke couldn't be good for you um so he has to leave after two weeks they do get i think they kind of bring on the would it be the how do you call it keen like you've um like you've your a set but you have a b set for camera work as well suppose, you know what i mean yeah you, i
0: think so i think you have like yeah, a, yeah you have the like guy, pickups but then and they stuff.
1: Try, yeah they try to the second unit right that's they right bring yeah. on the guy from the second unit they try to replace him but then, who they're replacing with are just terrible. And well, Ezra Swirlow kind of just says, "Oh, those times I just went in multiple times and shut down the second unit until goal." <laughs> um, and then there's just like clips of David Fincher like saying, "Can I get camera A and camera B? Where the fuck is camera B?" <laughs> and then Ezra Swirlow's just shutting things down, like saying, "No, no, no. Shoot at one camera. We have a budget. Move on. Move on." Right.
0: Um,
1: it's very frustrating. Um, David Fincher as well, it's like devastated. Apparently David Fincher really listened to the cinematographer guy who had to leave originally. Um, it was like, David Fincher was like, oh, he's an icon for me. Um, one of the things they did, actually, which I thought was very interesting, I'd never noticed, they, instead of typically when you light a scene, you light from the top down, most of the scenes in Alien 3 are lit from the ground up. Right. I never noticed it. It's a great scene where Charles Dance and Ripley are having a conversation and it's almost monochrome black and white because it's lit from the bottom up and I it's only when I rewatched it this weekend this is why it's rising up in my opinion now it's like wow technically this is fantastic um, yeah but just keep but let's talk about um, Brian Glover yes please he, he's warden. the
0: the prison warden
1: yeah so <laughs> you because I had my stuff. I am I to figure out what you
0: had I was just going to say that he when you when you see him you're like oh he's a complete that guy he's a he's a head you recognize him from somewhere and um you might it might take you a while to realize where it is that you've seen him from but having looked him up I, I discovered that he was in fact a wrestler he's from Yorkshire and he was a wrestler in, I presume, you know, that sort of... Uh, what was the name of that channel that we were talking about recently?
1: Yeah, it was called World of Sport. Yeah, but it's like, yeah 80s, wrestling 70s, 80s day, but, yeah.
0: um, British wrestling. And um he... I'm just looking for the notes here. One moment. He had a character called... <laughs> he apparently stole an identity from another wrestler he who was fighting against who didn't show up. And he just said, OK, I'll take your identity. And he was pretending to be French, and he called himself Leon Arras, the man from Paris. And he, he's a big, he's a big bald, scary Yorkshire man. And he, big bald and scary. He said, "You play to your strengths in this game, and my strength is a bald-headed, rough-looking Yorkshireman." That's
1: quote as well. That's amazing. That's why. I just read that. And I was like, you know, I actually have respect for you for admitting that. At least, like, you're not trying to say oh, I can do everything. It's just like, yeah, I'm a big, balls, scary, angry Yorkshire man, and that's exactly what you were. And
0: um, apparently, his uh, it says on Wikipedia, his wrestling style incorporated a lot of comedy, including the catchphrases, "Ask him, ref," and "How's about that then." <laughs>
1: <laughs> to my shame I actually watched two wrestling matches with him on YouTube oh like my days right <laughs> um, again I put him in the show notes um, he's just wearing this awful black and leather spandex it's just awful does like, he and, fight giant haystacks yeah. no he fights this pretty boy something is the guy's name and like <laughs> the pretty boy something guy's mam keeps, like, intervening and she's, like, an old nan. That whole once, it's, like, 80s British wrestling thing. And he's like, ah! It's, yeah, it's just funny. We like. might
0: have to do an episode on that because it's such a it's such so, a forgotten world. <laughs>
1: secret shame for me, right? I'm not sure... Because I couldn't place him and it wasn't from wrestling, right? But for me, secret shame... I was thinking about it for days and I was like, what is it? I know him from something. It, and it's like... I realised it then. He was in an episode of the TV show Bottom... <laughs> and Aid edmondson where he plays their angry neighbor because they've just been robbing gas from his apartment and um he's just an absolute filth in a white knit vest and boxer shorts
0: <laughs> so he's a total and, onslow
1: yeah he's a total. And uh, towards the end of that episode he breaks through the wall and smacks their heads together like you know what i mean um, <laughs> oh i've just had just-
0: a i've just had a flash is he one of the guys in the pub in american werewolf in london
1: Yes, you are fully correct uh, in that as well. <laughs>
0: that's, that's where I know I'm from. <laughs> Finally. It
1: feels so good when you find out, it's like getting a popcorn kernel yeah. out of your yeah. teeth or <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just thought that was so funny. But I mean, yeah, like, I mean, you have your man from and Knight is their um, second-in-command. Oh, yeah, uh, the, 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 the guy with whatever the... whatever they call Yeah, him. the so guy with the low, low IQ. IQ.
0: Yeah. yeah, they do have a good
1: cast, in fairness. Um,
0: I mean, yeah.
1: You know, yeah, I, can't, I can't complain too much about it, really. Yeah. Um, So, on Production Keen...
0: There's one American member of the cast, Charles Dutton, who's like the religious leader.
1: I think he's actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. a He's so pissed off during the making. There's a point, like, they just have behind-the-scenes footage and they're shooting the ending and it's literally the end and he's like, I was told this week I was going back Wednesday. Apparently, no, it might be next Wednesday. But I might be going back Saturday. (laughs) And, like, some production guy, is like, he's not saying it to the camera. The camera's just shooting. He's chatting to somebody else. And he's like, I need to get back when I can get back, I've other jobs on. And they're like, oh, they're not telling you. He's like, kind of trolls his hands in the air. And then it cuts to him, like more modern day being interviewed. And he's like, yeah, he said, look, we were out there six months and they couldn't tell you what you were doing and when you were going back. And oh, you're going back this week, actually don't. Actually, yeah, you could have went, but now you might as well stay. He's really annoyed with that. He's just saying like, it was really all over the place. And. Um, like and But like He kind of He does like it But he just says It was just a very Very hard shoot Basically
0: He gets um, some really good scenes But I, I still feel like You know They might have had plans For that character That just Didn't get Didn't make it to the final cut I don't know Yeah, yeah. He's a very strong actor Isn't he
1: yeah, Oh like I actually kind of believe Like Because he is supposed to be Oh here's one right Actually I, I meant to you. The planet is a Double Y chromosome Prison planet. Did <laughs> that not strike you as weird? And so I I looked up double Y chromosome. Like, what is this like? So it's a condition you can be born with, but for ages there were all these papers saying, Oh, well, you're more susceptible to being violent oh. and being a criminal and apparently that's complete bubkus, it's just not true, and apparently there's just as many violent people who don't have this condition, and plenty of people have double Y chromosome and live a perfectly normal criminal <laughs> free violent life. Is this just
0: but some like, like weird aspect of like, if you look junk at science the, when, from the, the 90s?
1: I think so, but like when the ship arrives in the, they describe fury, it's like, oh, specifically comes up double Y chromosome. Prison.
0: Yeah, it does, yeah.
1: In pen and entry, and I thought that was a bit weird. Actually, I was kind of thinking if that was made today, don't think that'd be there for sure.
0: Okay, here's uh, a here's a bit of minutia. I'm nitpicking here, but so uh, the title says that the name of the planet is Fiorina One Six One, and then in brackets it says Fury One Six One, right? So I always took it that Fury was like the nickname that the prisoners gave it, and yet there's a bit where Charles Dance opens up his medical kit, and it's got like stencils on stenciled on it in official text. Fury 161 and I, I just remember thinking they'd hardly like write that as an official text on something um, if it was the nickname but maybe apparently. maybe um, they call it that sometimes not a very yeah. not a very important thing I just always wouldn't wondered
1: wouldn't be shit there or something why would it just be like if you're there you're there right
0: I'm just wondering about the name like yeah. whether whether the official name was Fiorina so 161 know, like,
1: um, uh, so like this is offside but I know like in the the right, like, games, you do visit it again yeah. And it's just known as Fury 161. They don't oh. say Fury anymore. Okay, um, But maybe that's just because I think was it just... You don't know what got hung over either, do you? Like, just passed down and... Okay. Yeah, there, there were so many plot holes here, like the name of the planet, I think, maybe... Was not their biggest
0: problem It could have been Something left over From like an earlier Version yeah, of the it, script but It's or... an
1: interesting point But
0: yeah um... Did you ever read Those comics There were comics In the 90s That got made Before Alien 3 And they were like Continuations of Aliens Where like Ripley has further adventures Where like Newton and Hicks Are still alive And yeah, I yeah, got yeah. I got these out of the library In Cork And it was an edition made Revamped after Alien 3 Where they kept Everything the same But they changed The names of the characters So it's like ripley having adventures with another marine called something else and another little kid
1: (laughs) i can explain why that is i can explain exactly why that is Uh, it's one of my business is one of my business points yeah well it it is about business uh michael bean right so the whole thing when we talked earlier with that script that hicks survives and the way james cameron always described it and you have both michael bean and the actress who played newt kind of have said this like on camera james cameron always said i want to do another movie but like because it's pretty much established by the end of alien 2 that they're almost a family unit right uh, they're almost family by decision kind of a thing right they're chosen family it's the mother and father and newt basically by the end of it that's what they've hinted at um and like they've kind of said that like jim cameron always said that oh the part where like um in aliens where hicks shoots out the window and dives in and then like they save ripley and newt from the th- there's a scene he kind of has his arm over all three of them and like jim cameron's always like this is the family scene right this cements the relationship and we will do this in future movies this is what it's about so and that's jim cameron's word so michael bean always took it to mean oh great look you know i you know i have this character i'm going to be new movies and th- as i said the the storyline was floating around with this whole thing of the communists finding them or whatever and he was like okay okay and then um he just hears nothing so he goes off to do a movie with um what's her name she's actually dino de laurenta's uh, daughter um he's doing a movie with them the apprentices basically uh and she kind of comes back to him and just kind of says uh let me just get her name there now is it theater does Either way, anyway, she kinda of goes off. She's producing the movies in. It's called Time Bomb. Piece of shit, I'd say. Um <laughs> is it a is bomb too? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what it was, but um he he says that basically like they were shooting it, she was producing it, it was being shot in LA, and that um Rafaela De Laurentiis. that's her name, uh she was producing it this is 91 at this point and then she was invited to go off to Pinewood Studios to see whatever and when she came back from Pinewood she just says oh I saw you over in England and he was what yeah yeah I saw you over in England and then he got on to like she was like oh like you know they have this scene where like it's your corpse and it's a chest burst have to come to your chest and like that's going to be an alien 3 and he was like really pissed off and he got on to his agent and his lawyer and they got on to Fox and said like you know you told us he was going to be a movie. Now, and the way they got his face was um, they had to do a mold, a foam mold, a rubber mold sorry, of his face from the burns at the re- at the end of Alien. Or at the end of Aliens. And so they just used that to cast a body of him, basically. And they just didn't want to pay him because they didn't want to pay out extra money. And then he got wind of it this way, so he gets on to his lawyer and his agent, write to them, and they're like, right. David Fincher like rings him, <laughs> and is like, look, <laughs> it's really important to me. Can we use your corpse? And he actually says, like, like Michael Bean says, I told this new guy, fuck you, not using my corpse, nothing, that, blah, blah, <laughs> And then he says, to be honest, in light of this, I really regret this how <laughs> successful David Fincher's went on to become. <laughs> but he was just said, I was really hurt by because he said, like, we were being told, and it comes back to how screwed up. Fox was about the movie they had two different scripts going they were kind of talking at both sides of their mouths to every actor Um and then he just says like no you can't use it go fuck yourselves you can't have it I said this right? at the
0: beginning but like what what an uncommercial move to make to like have this set up with those characters but and then just
1: not like, kill them not off like didn't like Hicks everybody liked Hicks like yeah. you know what I mean like, <laughs> when
0: I was younger I didn't I hadn't seen Aliens, so I didn't the fact that they killed them off at the beginning of Alien 3 didn't mean a whole lot to me but man what a in, in retrospect like what a cold thing to do so what it, a, it's it kind of a on. fuck you to the fans isn't it
1: oh completely and people are like outraged but again like it kind of comes back and I said this for like, like like Sigourney Weaver was kind of asked about it and she was like well money's you know movies cost money and like Michael Bean actually got... He says he got pretty much a call, basically, for Aliens. Because he said he was actually brought in as a replacement at the last minute. And it was a really last-minute deal struck with his... Which is true. He was brought in. He wasn't supposed to play Hicks. He got drafted in, like... Everybody had all done the training and the pre-production. He got drafted in the week before. And... To kind of come in and he kind of got, look, you know, you're just getting this role. He said he was delighted, but he said it on to become such a success. And the way Jim Cameron put it to him like, oh, no, we're keeping your character alive. Don't worry, because Jim Cameron's worked with him on a bunch of stuff, right? Abyss, Terminator 1, Terminator 2, he's in it again, you know, and. Um, And, like, he just felt really screwed out of it. And so he was just like, well, fuck you, Fox. You're not getting it. And so then their reply was like, okay, look, we'll think about it. And so then their solution is to have the supporting column of the EV smashed through his head and his body. So that way they don't have to show his face. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But then they wanted to show, like there's a, like a digital computer screen scene at one point where it comes up like the, the people. So you have a picture of Newt and her little data coming across on the computer screen. And then didn't they show his face again? And at this point he just said, right, screw you guys. And he went after them and he says like, he's not proud of it, but he says like, I got paid more not to be in aliens three. <laughs> then I was actually paid to be in aliens Two. To be honest. <laughs> And he just said, it just got. Now, he, he regrets it and he thinks he acted like a dickhead. But he said, like, he was really kind of hurting. He said, he's off in LA making time bomb, in fairness. Like, what <laughs> the hell is that? Like, you if, you know, if you think uh, about
0: how different franchise, franchises are now, you know, like with Marvel and all this, like, they have it up, up to an art, they have it off to a T, and they have, they're, like, thinking very carefully. We've got all these characters, each one gets its own separate movie. Then every once in a while, we bring them together in a film. They would never just. Like leave some if, renegade scriptwriter to kill have, everybody off If
1: you have to lose one as well It has to be a big
0: deal Yeah, it's, yeah right? exactly
1: Whereas those Aliens is just Nah no, he's gone <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> He didn't survive
0: It happens we off screen Richard, in the first few seconds Richard, like a
1: half mangled android Yeah we have him can, like, Go away you Can, can just, you
0: imagine if they just killed off You know Iron Man or something in the Marvel you, Like just what what happened to Iron Man? Oh, he got, you know, a pillar dropped on his head. <laughs> Sorry, happened off screen. And <laughs> well, he was
1: asleep after battling an epic battle. Like, you know what
0: I mean? Uh, <laughs> he just, the, the executives not... would be like, hey, we were hoping to get three films out of the death of...
1: <laughs> what well, I think it comes back to, it just comes back to your man Ezra and that they were so cutthroat on the production side. They were like, anywhere to save a book, which is going to lead me to my favourite stories in the minute. But um, why,
0: why were they so... Like, this is a big tentpole franchise film. Why were they so...
1: They just had a date, I, and that's the other thing, they keep just saying, like, all the all the cast just keep saying, this was the date, we have to be finished by this date, there's no going overboard, and, like, David Fincher gets really annoyed with him and Ezra, like, they are just, like, there's points where they're just arguing, like, as I said, like, you know, you're shooting scenes, and Ezra's just shutting down your second unit, and it just sucks and like even stuff then they go into like oh the producers get their hands on it when they go to post production they do audience testing and they cut out so much that they actually shot that they have to reshoot way more which is I think we're moving on to post production at this point let's do special effects special effects so oh special effects have you seen The Whippet
0: I have not seen the. What is the whippet? Pray tell.
1: Have you not seen the whippet? I have not so, seen the whippet. So anybody who's not familiar, like what I love about Aliens Three is that they introduce this idea that, well, when the alien, like depending on the organism the facehugger bonds with, it it takes on traits of that. Right. Is that
0: why, in when we were kids, did you have all those alien figure toys that were like mantis alien, gorilla alien? Yeah,
1: that's exactly why. Right. Uh, one of like, the most famous ones. So one of
0: them impregnated is, a yeah, mantis. Impregnated, right? How did that happen? <laughs>
1: but that's just it but like pred alien is a very famous one that's going to be successful right it's predator and an alien pred alien great right now jim cameron describes that as um you know he, he always says that's fucking frankenstein versus werewolf man like i don't want it but i actually really like pred alien because it's just alien with big mandibles and it's a lot stronger and bigger it's slower but it's bigger but this is where the idea in the movie, is
0: that from is that from evp
1: uh, yeah it was avp comics it was a comic oh, okay. originally invented that yeah and um, i think it's a, not a bad idea to play the games but the, yeah the games were originally comics in the early 90s they were comics um so i think that's kind of cool but they basically decide in this one for anybody who's not seen it that right the alien <laughs> attaches to in the original thing it was supposed to be a uh some type of bovine what would, it be? What would you call oh, it, it um, yeah
0: it's like an ox isn't it that's yeah, the extended version That I watched this week actually,
1: They nicknamed it The Bambi Burster Because when the alien Comes out When aliens come out They're normally chest bursters From humans Like a little worm And they run away But this one David Fincher Described as the Bambi Burster Oh yeah Because it's supposed to come out And be all kind of frail On this little legs Yeah And then it runs away So like The special <laughs> effects crew Decide You know Because it's like But then okay Like that doesn't kind of happen then and well they spend ages shooting the Bambi Burster and with an ox and they do so many takes of it with blood and real guts from butcher shops and they have to do like 47 takes of it because whenever they punch the alien through it keeps coming through the wrong way it's a rod it's
0: a rod puppet isn't it? when it comes out
1: it's the rod puppet yeah and they're shooting it like, like you're looking at the ox's chest and it's supposed to burst out towards you cover the camera in blood
0: oh but and the, the two guys to... in the abattoir are like uh, they're, they're like Newcastle guys aren't they they're total yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and one of them picks up another thing they designed it was a queen face hugger. And one of the guys picks up a facehugger and says, what's this? And if you zoom in, special effects guys say, that is a queen facehugger that was supposed to be attached to Ripley. And that's why Ripley has a queen alien oh. inside of her. And the facehugger, the queen facehugger, is very much black and kind of almost shelled the way the queen alien is. Cool. You know, she has that kind of armour. Yeah, it's yeah, a very small that rush, cool. but that is actually there. And it's way bigger as well, but that's there. um, Is is the
0: the alien that bursts out of the dog In the theatrical cut Is that a different creature Than the one that comes out of the ox
1: So they're told then That the ox scene is too violent Go back and reshoot Because it explodes And and there's
0: ridiculous jibs As they say in video games Yeah
1: uh, (laughs) Redo it with a dog Basically and so they create fake rockwilders right but then they're just like because they've been waiting like six months i guess they get a little bit like they know certain things are going to happen and they've been preparing but they get bored right so they get a whippet and a whippet basically is it looks very like a greyhound but it's shh, a bit smaller and skinnier again right and there's footage of this uh, again checks this is so funny they create like they, they're just like hmm, you know how can we help the film crew oh, well, shouldn't we create, like, it's a dog alien, so why don't we create, like, an alien suit to put on this whippet dog? It's a real dog. (laughs) And they put it on the dog, and it has a real tail. This sounds like a
0: terrible idea.
1: (laughs) And they have a special head they put on it, and the special head has the proper back dome of the alien, right? (laughs) But the front is cut off so the dog can see where it's going, and their attitude is, oh, but, like, we'll get a really animalistic movement out of it we'll only shoot it from the back and we'll shoot it in the dark and the tail will whip and it has four legs so it'll give us a very natural movement now if you look at the alien in the movie i think it runs the way a cheetah runs which is right okay it kind of runs when it a cheetah is in full sprint this kind of they, uh, david fincher described it he wanted it as fierce as a freight train but as kind of nimble as a panther that's the way he described the alien it has to be that kind of fast, bulky, strong, but can just turn. And you get that feeling, because when you're watching it, he's running on the walls, he's running on the ceilings, he's going everywhere, just going forward. But then they just have this footage of the Whippet dressed in the alien costume, and it's like the best Halloween costume for a dog I've ever seen in my life. And, like... It's just like a really happy pet alien. Like the dog is way too happy, and like
0: is his tail wagging? Like, is he wagging his tail? He,
1: yeah, he's wagging his tail underneath. But he's kind of—he doesn't run so much as he kind of prances. So he's just like, "Hi, I'm here," and he's just now. The costume is amazing. The costume looks really good. They lather it up with oil and like dripping oil, you know, KY jelly, so it Ooh, looks sexy. the part in the dark and everything. But like, there's one part. They're at the side of one of the corridors, and then they have the dog's trainer at the other and she's like come on boy come on boy and they wanted to sprint off and he just like trots along he's like the happiest alien ever (laughs) like if this was the dog alien i would adopt it happily pet it on its head you know it would sit next it's just so funny and it's just one of these failures that like it's like well why did you do it like like, well you're sitting around for six months what else are you gonna do
0: (laughs) (laughs) did they end up using any of the that in the final cut no
1: no nothing it was all removed straight away <laughs> yeah, yeah. although I actually do think like it, the suit is actually worth like it's a skin tight or a fur tight suit I would call it fur-tight. it's actually very cool it's very cool looking like you're like wow I, I think the idea is right but it's, the execution is wrong to, to um, make the
0: comparison again to like Terminator 2 which was all flashy kind of CGI a lot of the effects used in Alien 3 are like almost deliberately old fashioned you mentioned um, matte paintings and and, yep. and physical physical props. There is some CGI with the alien, isn't there? But only only very little. Oh, it
1: looks rough as well when it's there, though. Okay, <laughs> they do a huge amount of puppet work. Um, they created this whole thing of with the puppet work was um, yeah, they had like puppet like it's puppets, but instead of being on strings, it's on kind of like sticks almost. And like it takes like five or six people to move the alien, but they got into this routine of. They had designed the alien to work this way, which was fine. And they had to, like, again, more tribute to the guys. This was better than the movie, to be honest, seeing how they made it. Like, um, they shot this, and then they developed a laser disc system where they they could take dailies, so daily shots, and then they'd have to shoot the alien attacking them. But they had a way of projecting the daily shots onto a blue screen behind them. And then they would use the puppet rod to attack the person. So when anybody gets attacked in the movie, there's nothing there. They're just jumping on the floor going, ah, like that. (laughs) But the guys then would maneuver with the puppet rod. So that's being shot in the background in blue screen, right? Or they're putting that in blue screen. And they maneuver the puppet rod in front of a camera at the right distance to make it lunge and jump the right way. Uh, again, there's loads of footage of like Dave Fincher going faster, faster. I want you bruise, motherfucker. He's really into <laughs> yeah. each other. He's really into it. Like, but um, they just kind of say it was fantastic because again, they had to design that system ground up. Um, blue screen ran was there, but there was no such thing as using laser disc. It was kind of pioneering. Um, even
0: though, um, as as a kid, um, even though it it looks very good from a cinema, cin- cinematography point of view, I would have always. Imagined it as, as a more old fashioned looking film than like T2. It just because of the, the and puppet, again, puppetry and like, the. Like,
1: especially like he's from ILM. Even when you watch T two, yeah, it's old, but it stands up. I think you know the T one thousand looks amazing getting shot, and it looked unbelievable
0: and in in nineteen ninety two. You know,
1: yeah, when there's that scene where he walks through the metal bars, right? And you're like, oh, that's good. You know what I mean? He walks through the metal bars. His gun gets caught. What if you're thinking like, oh,
0: it was done better in the Lawnmower Man? You know.
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> but on that note, the ending as well, Keen, also draws reminiscences to T two, and they yeah,
0: yeah, the the, the big. like foundry factory place yeah
1: she drops off in and there's a thing of well they'd only heard rumors but apparently terminator 2 is going to finish the same way and Ah. there's this big discussion of well, we need to reshoot it so and then there's a discussion of the original ending she just dropped in and that was it no alien but they reshoot it to say all the aliens coming out of her and she has to drop in and fight it Now that scene Looks absolutely awful By even Any standards By when, today
0: When she Do that you mean the, the lines Around the, her
1: The fire behind. I think the fire Behind her The lines Dropping down into it Yeah it's just It's really shit Um But they talk about it And they just kind of go on Like they had to Reshoot that twice They had to reshoot The ending again twice They had to rescore All the music twice For the ending Um they took a break in England for six months after they made... Well, the, the idea was, oh, we've done six months shooting. Let's go back to America. We'll figure out what we need to plug in hole-wise and do this. And uh, they go back to America and then discover, right, let's just reshoot the ending. Um, they use it with test audiences, and test audiences are getting up and walking out between different scenes. Jeez. Uh, so apparently that's the reason it was so caught for violence. Uh, apparently, like, Newt's... Um, uh, dissection is was very much full on in the original um, to the point even like special effects crew were saying like this really isn't cool, I don't want to see this on video um, yeah apparently you got a full view of the child being a 10 year old being dissected, that's not mm, nice yeah. um, which I, I fully agree with um, they did that, they just did a bunch of stuff and then they had to reshoot it now here's one of my other thing that I really love, Sigourney Weaver had already shaved her head for the movie Six months ago, as you can imagine at this point. So she's been growing her hair for six months and they come in and they say, right, we need to reshoot the ending. you got to shave your head again. Oh. And she was smart enough to put a clause in her contract saying that any reshoots requiring her to shave her head, she'd get an automatic $40,000 bonus <laughs> to reshave her head. Talk about uh, hindsight, huh?
0: This, whole, this all just reminds me of like, you know, Robert Rodriguez stuff, like where he was just very yeah. smart about there's no like he, he, he would always point out Hollywood was so wasteful And like all you yeah. have to do Is have a little bit of forethought planned properly Before you get on set Yeah And You're not wasting all this time And money It doesn't yeah. need to happen
1: And then They, they, they just decide right Because um, they just decide That right well look 40,000 is a lot of money How much is it just to get A custom scuttle ball cap made For <laughs> <laughs> and they just like it's gonna cost sixteen thousand dollars, so they say, "Well, fuck it, we can build two of them; it'll still be cheaper." <laughs> and like they have to go make like a foam mold of her head, and they do that again, and then they get like this professional New York wig maker, and he's like describing making wigs, and he's like, "Look, long hair is no problem, but bald heads and stubble is way more difficult." Like a skull for, for it's a person
0: just... with long hair. <laughs>
1: He just said like at least with long hair you can hide the hairline. He said, You can't do that with a bald person or just stubble And he said, Like they go through that like he like he spent like eight days, this wig maker, twelve hours a day, just punching in stubble into this ball cap basically it's called cap and he makes it and they give it to her and then they go to like the makeup guy and he's like oh it's, it's the worst, it's the hardest thing he's ever done he said like anytime she'd move her head the hairline would move and then you'd see her original hairline come out underneath and I just thought that was very funny like what a clause like 40 grand to shave my head you know she's right. clever um, but again, you know, like and it just—it no, it shows was,
0: though. It shows that she knew like what a shit show the production was. That they, this was so, likely to happen.
1: Like, and like, fair enough. Like she kind of says she was really in favor of it at the beginning, um, of shaving her head. But I don't think she was like to say you put in a forty thousand dollar clause.
0: Well, as you I pointed out earlier, I mean, you can't put her on too much of a high horse when she was willing to come back for Alien Resurrection, like. Clearly, yeah, like I've read that she wanted Alien Three to be the end of it, and that's why it finishes the way it does. And yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: And if she'd um, stuck to
0: that, <laughs> maybe I don't know, maybe.
1: Yeah. So then you have the ball cap. Yeah, that's kind of like the pre the post production. Um, I just read from loads of it like that. They have to reshoot everything. Um, you know, you have a uh, Lance comes back as well. Obviously,
0: I really uh, like that scene. Product. I really like that yeah, scene. Yeah.
1: The only thing that has been confused there is that in the original they confuse it whether is he
0: is he kind of says oh I am actually Wayland yeah
1: but other people have said no he's just another android or he's the creator of Bishop let's yeah. say
0: um, I like that you don't know that for sure because it kind of imp- it kind of hints that the, the company cannot be trusted and yeah. even even like after everything she's been through the one guy she had some kindness from is dead and and like. Everything is, you know, the chips are down for her and she's finally thrown a lifeline and it's someone she knows and someone she trusts. And at that point, you're supposed to have so little faith in the company that you're supposed to think it's not worth taking a chance on, on trusting them.
1: There's an interesting point. As, I spot it as well, but um, the guy with the low IQ belts, um, let's say, fake Bishop or Wayland with a with a wrench. And his ear will is basically hanging off sideways right but he just doesn't seem to perturbed by it or put out by it and that always when i first watched it, i was like oh he must be an android so. yeah because there's no way now apparently the special effects guys say no that was done in the reshoot and it looks completely shit and we were never happy with it oh but we were just told go with it but it does but like you say
0: it does make sense within the context of the story doesn't it
1: yeah they kind of said he's supposed to have a bang in his head and he's supposed to be grabbing his head kind of going ah you know stop but that's a gaping wound like that's like half the back of his head hanging off to the side if you
0: take that as a hint that he is a a synthetic it just gives you one more hint like the company are absolute shits and they will fuck you over every time they can even at this you know penultimate moment it's the final yeah, kick in the nadge I
1: think is good that pushes well, her over I, I, the edge I fully think that's unintended consequences yeah. unfortunately you know that's that's also giving you know it's like when you start reading into things Yeah yeah markets. I agree but like the special effects guys are like no we weren't happy with that we wanted to redo it they wouldn't let us do it You know
0: the way right at the end like for all of everybody's hard work and heroism everybody's dead except for that one like idiotic babbling guy and that's to me that's like the final it's such a nihilistic moment where it's like in David Fincher's universe, you know, it doesn't matter if you're good or bad, you know, it doesn't matter who survives, it doesn't matter on how you behave, it doesn't matter if you're good or bad. And
1: this is probably a good moment to go on to like how it was actually received, right? Mm. Um, I think like, so one of the things I heard, is, I don't know if I buy this, but, um, like like one of the producers says Oh well to be honest It was shot with a lot of English actors And a lot of Americans Don't get their humour And they don't understand the accent And I was like Maybe But I don't think there's a lot of slang English slang And I, I think it's okay I like, mean that's excuses being made A small bit No but You know what I mean
0: There, there are a lot of characters Who were all shaven heads And kind of look the same And are, they're not Their characters aren't. This is the fault of the script and the editing. Their characters are not delineated very clearly. And even me, I've seen it loads of times, and I still notice little things of like, "Oh, that's what happened to him." Or yeah, you
1: you begin to differentiate them when you've watched them six or seven times. Like, but that's the problem. Because they're not they're not not clearly
0: separated as characters. Some uh, of them, and that's that's editing problems and scripting problems. So like,
1: yeah, you're right. Who would you actually delete? You would obviously. I think the warden and his understudy guys are okay. Yeah, they get they get a bit of
0: characterization.
1: The, the leader The black guy Is obviously very He's everybody he has got A commanding performance Charles Dance I think has a good performance Yeah The rest though You're right
0: Pete Possilweight Like what a waste Yeah Also in the last world, world Actually
1: Yeah but like You just have these folks And it's like You could have done more But I said They could have done Shakespeare You know They could have just <laughs> Shot Shakespeare uh, But you're right um, That was like One of the things They say about it But then they say It did really well In Europe And in Asia And it made its money back
0: yeah I mean I don't know I, I, um, It's kind of a cliche To say that like It's got a more European sensibility That's like an old fashioned Hollywood thing to say That
1: is like What one of the producers Exactly says It's <laughs> European feeling like, Shut up Like stop saying that like,
0: <laughs> I mean that, That's kind of leading That's kind of leading the way Into Alien Resurrection With it's With the What's your man's name Jean-Michel oh, You know. Oh
1: god <laughs> hard work now um, but yeah, I think that's the reaction to it. Um, I do think that, like, it, it says a lot that, like, when the theatrical version comes out, they re-release the extended cut as well, and the extended cut has thirty minutes extra in it.
0: And it's good. It's it's definitely an improvement.
1: Like like it, it reestablishes a lot of the, like, and that's one of the things I would say. Like, the special effects guys are so downtrodden in it. Like, they do all this work, and then it's just like actually, we're cutting that.
0: We haven't and mentioned actually, the, the score on, is really like, good for oh. this. I really like the music for this film.
1: That guy's in it. Um, you might like this story. So, so he's after shooting and scoring the music, and he's finished. He thinks, and then they come in <laughs> and they say, "Like you got like one night to rescore the whole lot." What? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, they save a couple of days. But he just said that, like, he was really happy with the score. And he talks about, he uses almost, is it like the child kind of singing? It's almost like a falsetto, kind of haunting, almost. like. And he's really happy how he used that, intermixed with the orchestra, intermixed with kind of the electric music then, kind of. And they just come back to us, so, right, you've got a week, or whatever to reshoot this. you got to rescore the whole lot. And he just goes on that, like, he was working just so flat out, that like he woke up in the drum booth of his studio multiple times <laughs> and didn't realize how he got there and had to go back out and start again and like even at that they weren't happy with what they got but he just said he was completely exhausted i'm
0: sure that um, happened to chris rock a few times when he was uh, producing saint anger <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but i'd almost believe him because he said like they sign your checks and you gotta they say jump you say how high he kind of says like you know and he's like but that's funny because that happened in aliens as well um
0: James Horner. Jim Cameron
1: and James Horner, like James Horner did about eighty percent of the script, and Jim Cameron gave out to him saying, "You're just not trying your best." And James Horner had to say to him, "Show me somebody you can do this, and I might learn something. Other than that, I'm out." And then Jim Cameron and his wife took it over and just couldn't do any better. And just oh, I
0: was James thinking James about Horner's the thinking. the score. Sorry, James Horner did the score. Know. Yeah.
1: Yeah yeah No but that's what Jim Cameron and his wife Took over trying to do The score
0: Oh they wrote the score Jeez I didn't know that
1: Well he wrote 80% of it And then they were giving out That they weren't happy with it And he just said to them Show me somebody Who can rewrite Everything he wants In this amount of time And I might just learn something
0: Have you seen Galaxy of Terror An early James Cameron It's good It's good Worth a look Anyway go on
1: Yeah yeah Um, But no that's about um, That's about it It all comes out And then um,
0: Was not that kindly reviewed Was it
1: Oof, I mean like I'm looking at the box now and it's like the special edition contains the original 1992 theatrical edition and an all new recut. director's cut with 30 minutes of never before releases David Fincher still does not endorse the director's cut Oh he I disowned have. it, didn't, it out. didn't he? Yeah oh even to this day even the director's cut they restored most of the stuff he will not wow. sign off on of it he's like no not do me I'll
0: tell you what Keep the, the final product is a lot better than that it's not something so bad you would disown it but clearly he had such a bad experience
1: yeah i think um he, like but then he went off to do things like i said like seven i think is terror seven is terrifying like it's mm. i remember watching it as a kid and finding it a rough watch in terms of the monsters aren't all aliens right they're they're human beings as well and kind of that kind of, he's very good at that kind of like you know things aren't all nice and that's the tone this movie takes right it's um yeah, you know, yeah. It's a very downtrodden movie. You almost know, I think Ripley signifies her suicide almost halfway through it. Yeah. You know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, and you're in for this kind of horrible slow descent ride and you just kind of enjoy it. I, I think I do. I think I have a lot more like... When you first sent to me, Keen, when we said right, we're going to do this, I watched theatrical edition. I fell asleep for the last twenty minutes. I'm not going to lie. And my wife watched it with me, and she was like, "You got to go back and rewatch it." i was like, "Oh no!" And I did, and I was like, "Right." And then I rewatched all the extras, and then rewatched the actual extended edition. And I would, out of ten, extended edition, people' you give me, I'm going to give it a solid seven i think after yeah. watching it and knowing what they go through and i would argue anybody who says no it's a piece of shit i would say sit down and take some time to understand it and everything that goes on look you know it's tough um, yeah So, keith we're at this part of the podcast i would like to put a question to you you're on your desert island you have your doom too right? <laughs>
0: Why you am I, I on a desert island, the desert island with Doom 2? Yeah, you're
1: Desert Island. You have your Blair Witch. Right, you know, um, Mortal
0: Kombat Annihilation. All the shitty yeah, sequels. And like,
1: this little boat fly, comes by and says, hey, we don't have enough room to save you, but we do have <laughs> two VHS tapes. One is Alien Theatrical Edition 3, or we have also the extended non-director's cut of Alien 3. Which one do you ask for to be thrown onto the island?
0: Oh, I like the extended one.
1: Extended? Yeah. But that's two VHS tapes because that's so long. In my,
0: in my personal head canon, that's the official one. Mm. That's what happens.
1: I'd agree. So the island is pretty well populated now. <laughs> um, you got know, a director's cut, Doom Annihilation... As long as it gets and, populated uh, by
0: RoboCop Shadows. 2 at some point, I'll be happy. <laughs> well,
1: maybe RoboCop 3. I can't promise 2, to be we, honest. We might I have think. to
0: do like a, a hated sequels miniseries or something.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, just... As I said, I think like... <laughs> I think we we're jumping every, everywhere here but there's just so much in this you know It's
0: it's um, my my take home is that it's flawed but enjoyable Oh yeah It's it's far from the the kind of par, you know sh- shit heap that it's it's regarded to be it's absolutely worth a watch but it is par, par, part of its charm and it's well, charm isn't it's not the right word it, it's a grim watch but like it is just continually surprising and shocking to me that such a dark grim gothic and relentlessly bleak film got made as part of uh, a big Ten franchise. Imagine if they made a an Avengers film that was like a bleak existentialist <laughs> nightmare where like, I don't know, so Iron Man gets stuck on some island by himself and like contemplates suicide and it just would never happen.
1: I think the tribute to it is that, you know, and a lot of people kind of say this, I mean, it, it came out, David Fincher did this, he did not have a script, like there was nothing there. He just had a number of kind of iconic scenes that he wanted to shoot and it can already stand up here's the tragedy i think it can stand up in its own two legs based not alone the tragedy is that imagine if they just gave it an extra year let's flesh out the script a bit more get a bit more into it it could have actually been quite good i think well um,
0: look he shot a scene where ripley thinks the alien is behind her and it turns out to be just a radiator so you know he got that into the universe <laughs> I like, I like that shot
1: <laughs> I think that's fine I think That's where she stabs out With the pipe And a load of maggots Come out But like I mean
0: <laughs> kind, kind of that, like the maggots that. From Ghost Ship Stokes You know
1: Oh god Ghost shit <laughs> uh, Yeah um, No I think Like as I said I hate the fact as well the front of the DVD Is like from the director Of Fight Club Instead and It's like he wants Nothing to do with yeah, it Yeah yeah Not putting him forward Like stop selling his name Yeah But uh, yeah I think No look I mean I, In terms of all other things I'm happy with it um, I've done it now and you know I won't see it for a while um, well, unless Alien Reds Resur-
0: are <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we'll have as have cheerful a conversation about that one but
1: Anyway, no, th- that would probably be half the length as well I don't think this, like this one is a lot more interesting
0: the, yeah right? there isn't as much to say about Alien Resurrection even f- by me who, who enjoys it uh, except to say that it was similar to Alien 3 it was made with the involvement of somebody who is now far more famous and went on to bigger things and that is it was written by the original script was by Joss Whedon who also pretty much disowned oh, it And I, I would argue that if you're familiar with, for example, Firefly, Ron Perlman as well. I love. I will watch Ron. He's brilliant. (laughs) He's always great. But if you, like, if if you study it correctly, some of the seeds of what went into Joss Whedon's later work are are visibly there if you're willing to look for them. And if if you take it as a kind of a, a comic book like a silly version. Like each each Alien movie is a different iteration of the same idea done by a director with a very different take. Alien is a proper horror movie Haunted House in Space. Second one is like a an action balls to the wall of Vietnam allegory. Third one is a, a sort of an existentialist nightmare. And then the fourth one is like a silly comic book action silliness. But if you take it for what it is I think there's some fun to be had. For me it's a long way above what came afterwards <laughs> oh god like like there yeah. were like you there were the, what came afterwards literally nobody gave a shit about like there like alien 3 is is ugh, people who did care trying desperately to make something out of a mess and it wasn't necessarily their fault that it didn't work so, out
1: this is a thing that i really hate you man david giller who says like he's on like the aliens 4 like Douglas was like, I didn't want to fort one. So like, yeah, you still produce it, you piece of shit. You're still producing Alien versus Predator. Every single one of them, including the shit ones. I will entirely like, you're say that. The
0: main ones. <laughs> you're terrible. Like, I will entirely that. say that like there was no need for Alien Resurrection, and they had wrapped everything up nicely, and I would have been perfectly happy for them to leave it. But considering they were going to make it, it was a bit of fun for what it was, and the the, oh, that's fine. the excuse they sucks. got to bring Ripley back. Made about as much sense in its own silly comic book way as any, you know, any reason would have. And I, you know, what I don't think we need to make an episode about that because that's all I have to say about
1: it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I like
0: okay. I like the visuals in it. I like the I like the the model work. I like the ships. Um, I like Ron Perlman. I like the c- the stupid scene where she like goes into the lab and there's all the half created clone things. There's there's some memorable yeah. stuff that stuck with me.
1: I, I just wish um the only thing I told are the aliens. As a, within like that we're not going to do anything more on them ever <laughs> although that's what they said after Alien 3 came, I I, I have a,
0: a Prometheus episode in the works with another friend of mine but we'll see that's
1: no problem um, I've <laughs> just always like really hated the fact that they've done nothing with the space jockey properly and they could have and what yeah. they do to, doesn't make sense and there's so many holes to poke at um, there
0: have been comics where they took that in different directions that are more interesting than Prometheus Yeah, yeah in the 90s mostly do you remember that yeah, that kind of era of the there the, was a kind of a comics renaissance in the 90s wasn't there with yeah, certain yeah. styles alright you know what Stokes to wrap up um, would you like to recommend as an Aliens file would you like to recommend anything from the Aliens universe that you think is cool that is not the main set of films and that some people might not I mean, have heard of
1: I would actually say the original run of the Alien vs. Predator comics in the early 90s is very interesting cool um is that their course? A, I think so. And just as a whole thing, it's just that the Predators have known about aliens for years. They use it as a training ground for their warriors, basically. And it just so happens to see that uh, some UAC colonists just happen to come on an alien planet. And that's and that's all it needs to be. It's stupid, but it's actually grand. It's... Um, like, it sets up everything that would happen with AVP in the future, as bad as that is. But it sets up the computer games, which is a big place in my heart. And uh, it's actually well worth a read if you're a fan of Predator and Aliens, which I think most people are. Um, it, it nicely puts them together without being as cheesy as the movies ever did.
0: So. I'm That's a that's a good recommendation. I'm going to recommend a game I've been playing lots of recently. I mentioned it before on an episode, but I've been playing a lot of Alien Trilogy, which was originally a PS1 first person shooter it was considered a bit of a Doom clone in its day uh, but it's it's a lot of fun and it's it's a simple old fashioned shooting game I, it doesn't really try too hard to fit in with the chronology of the film so <laughs> don't 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 worry your head uh, if, you're, if you're into canon Ironically
1: I think they got David Fincher to write to that one as well maybe uh, he I'm, doesn't he doesn't admit to it either but, you know, I've been so.
0: playing a ROM version of it on in an emulator called Boxer for my Mac but if you have another kind of machine you might have to look elsewhere but it is lots of fun and I recommend it
1: Thanks again for having me on. Always Uh, a pleasure, man. We'll talk next time. um, Go on. Take it easy.
0: Thanks, folks. We are certain that Satanism exists. It's the practice of evil. And following closely behind this car was this unidentified flying object. You
1: will prove the existence of the Bigfoot or Sasquatch by bringing in a body.